to the next episode of the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. And I'm Philip. And we are covering another fantastic issue of this series, and I feel you're already getting into it. I am. The first issue ended on a cliffhanger, and I enjoy it, Richter. So I was like, how can he be, he be pushed off a building? I must know what's happening. Yeah, they're really constructing episodic issues, I feel. Yes. That compel you to move on to the next one. And luckily, we're reviewing this in retrospect, so all the issues are there. So we can really read this as quickly as we want to and always come back and record episodes afterwards. It's true. So uh, this past week, um, we made another journey to uh, a comic store, comic slash geek store, called Nerd and Out. Yeah, and I am just full of regret. Um, yeah, th- uh, this is our update. Yeah, the Iceman Pop was gone. It... Someone else already acquired him. And when you asked at the counter, the uh, clerk was like, Oh, yeah, the flocked one. Oh. Like, she knew exactly the one you wanted that was already gone. Yes. She so. clocked it as it went out the door. Oh, so sad. But I guess that's part of the hunt. Yeah, I got a Hercules. Yeah, a Hercules Marvel Legend, the first one, so not the retro-carded one, but the he's, one they put out in one of the Avengers waves a couple years ago. He's got a man bun and pants, unfortunately, but he still has his harness. He does. So, um, I got some comics, and... You got a lot of stuff. I did. Um, I posted it on our story the day that we visited, so if you ever want to see what we are finding interesting or finding in stores... Um, you can always follow us over on Instagram, and I posted a bunch of that stuff. I got a Marrow from the Generation X line back in the day. Um, a comic that you already had. Yeah. Um. Or a few. A couple that were already in a collected edition. Um, I'm trying to fill in the gaps of some of the X-Men stuff where the trade paperbacks are out of print and like $300 for a trade paperback. No, thank you. I'm just going to buy the individual issues for much cheaper to read what's happening. So, um, trying to fill in some of those gaps after the omnibuses leave off before Age of Apocalypse picks up. So, um, got yeah. some things for those and some a couple more Star Trek figures. Oh, that's right. I did get a Captain Cisco. You did. So... It was a, a worthwhile venture. It was fun. We spent like 45 minutes there. Yes. Rooting around and finding treasures. Going through the pops and then going through them again. And then a third time to see if I had just missed the Iceman. But yeah. Alas and alack. <laughs> Perchance it was just hiding, but it was not. Um, but they do have a really big selection of pops. And I got out of the Funko stuff a few years ago. I uh, was collecting certain lines, and I still have some of them, but I'm probably just going to sell them on eBay. Like, they're in a box in the basement right now. And I got you a couple of the Marvel Luchador yeah, mashups. So, so those ones are up on a shelf, but they're, like, I have a, a bunch of the Masters of the Universe ones from when they first came out that can probably get me some money to pay down my credit card bill. Yeah, and you are you have an actual evil in overseeing your bathroom, so you don't True. need an evil in pop to do the same thing. Correct. So, um, as we dive into today's issue, 
we are looking at issue two, which um, cover date is February 2006. And a few things for our pop culture pop-up. And the first thing is we had, I, I some of these months are really hard to find really cool stuff. So like I went on a reality TV show rabbit hole to figure out what reality shows were on. Oh no. Yeah. And the, the best one question mark I could come up with was season three of celebrity fit club. Celebrity fit club. Yeah. Where celebrities would compete on teams to lose the most weight by like percentage, which seems like super unhealthy and vaguely problematic yeah and maybe not vaguely so uh, there were a few notable people on this season um some people i don't recognize we have gunner nelson who was one half of the 80s band nelson slash ricky nelson's son was trying to lose some weight um he replaced jeff conaway from greece kanicki oh one of the Main greaser dudes? Yes. We mm. really need to watch Grease. It's been a minute. Um, but I feel... Jeff Conaway was also on... A, I think he was on a VH1 reality show. Like, he was a loose cannon. Oh, Just, no. like, totally, allegedly on drugs. Um, like, and he left... Um, and he entered rehab in episode three of this season, so... Oh, good for him. Maybe he was getting the help he needed. Um... Also there, Bruce Valanche, the comedian. He was on... Uh, Hollywood Squares. Yes, for years and years and years. That's like when you stay home sick from school and you watch Channel 29 and it was Hollywood Squares. Yes, which Did... is our local Fox affiliate, is Channel 29. You Back when we were little. Yes, now it's Fox 9. Yes, before it merged with UPN. Yeah, UPN, what a great station that was. That was Star Trek Voyager, well, all the Star Trek. Yeah, United... Voyager and DS9. And then Fox 9 had the repeats of the original series and Next Generation mm. that we would stay up for because there would be two episodes, one at 9, one at 10, and it was a big deal when we were old enough to stay up and watch the 10 o'clock one. So Bruce Valanche lost 21 pounds, which was 6.7% of his weight. This is a very deep dive into this yeah. show that neither of um, us have heard of. But the one I really like was Chaz Bono. Oh. Because Chaz does so much, and a really great advocate. Um, he was the team captain and lost 23 pounds. Oh. So good for Chaz. On the radio stations, you could probably hear You're Beautiful by James Blunt. Oh. That song was everywhere. So overdone. Yeah. Like, and it was, a, is it a cross... Not, it, like, cross-genre hit. Like, it was on easy listening stations. It was on pop stations. It was just everywhere. Yeah. And it was too much. And part of my, like, I don't like pop culture because I'm contrary and alternative that way was that it was so overdone and, like, in your face and, like, you must like this to be popular or no popular things. Mm. So that's sort of my whole early 2000s vibe was... I don't like popular things because it's just other people wanting me to think that they're popular. Mm. Which is currently my state about Disney, which is basically the same thing. Oh. Except Marvel. Well, yeah. Um, the last thing for pop culture that we're going to cover is the Grammy Awards in 2006. 
Happened in February. Yeah, they did. Um, some of our presenters, Terry Hatcher, oh. milking that Desperate Housewives. Yeah, that would have been like peak Desperate Housewives. Yeah. Um, Fiona Apple. Oh. Yeah. Uh, also, we have Gwen Stefani. I mean, she was riding high in 2006 because her solo album had come out in 2005. Oh, gotcha. So, um... But then No Dog got back together again, right? Fairly recently? I mean, by fairly... Like ten years ago, they toured, I feel. I thought it was more like three or five. Um, Destiny's Child also presented. They were not broken up yet. Oh. I mean, they soon would be. Beyonce, you know, has to do her own thing. Um, starting in 2006, I think 2006 is when her debut record came out. Oh. I, yeah, so uh, this is the twilight of Destiny's Child, and I actually have what a picture that I won at a carnival, like in that cheap paper frame of Destiny's Child. I recently just put it in my bathroom because <laughs> otherwise it was just in a box for the past 20 years, um, but I stand Destiny's Child. So it, it, you were alternative back then. The best alternative music album was Get Behind Me, Satan by The White Stripes. Oh, I could see that. But I could also see Bianca Del Rio saying that. Do you know who lost back Arcade Fire? Oh. Franz Ferdinand. Oh, I love Franz Ferdinand. And Death Cab. Woof. Yeah, their album Plans Lost to the White Stripes. Oh, that was the tour that they came to campus. That was the first concert I worked was Death Cab. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah, you have the same poster. I do. Yeah. it. So what your little alternative self was represented there. Yeah, and those are some big names, too. U2 was the big winner of this award ceremony in 2006. I have thoughts and feelings, like... What were they doing in 2006? I don't know. It wasn't, like, a beautiful day because that was 2000. I don't yeah. know what they were... Like, I honestly looked at this album. I don't recognize anything from it. Oh. Um, but Gwen Stefani's Love Angel Music Baby lost. Rude. <laughs> Rude. But Kanye also lost, and that's okay. Uh. Uh, oh, and The Emancipation of Mimi also lost. Mariah Carey. Oh. It was like her big comeback after like going through everything in the early 2000s. She was like, no. And it was her strong statement coming back and lost to you two. Her nickname is Mimi? Like Madge is for Madonna? Sort of. Madonna did perform at the oh. ceremony. She performed Sorry. Hung Up. Oh, I love Hung Up. Yeah. Also, it samples Ava, so. Yes. That was like the one of the big college dance party mixes always had to involve either sorry or hang up oh and she that was a performance as sort of a mashup with the gorillas because you know they can't appear they're always cartoons oh so the gorillas and madonna teamed up for feel good ink and hung up that was also a big song feel good ink yeah so uh, that's sort of what was going on. That's the scene right now for oh. this issue in February of 2006. That's very, yeah, very sophomore year of college. Yeah. And there's a reunion at some point this fall if we want to go drink a lot of wine. Oh, by the way, dear listeners, we had an experience with some recommended fruit wine on Friday. 
it, oh no we we drank some um recommended fruit wine and watched the generation x made for tv movie from 1996 and dear listener it was such a vibe it was not to be repeated it, like gen i it okay i'm just throwing out <laughs> syllables right now um Words are hard. Generation X, I feel, is a product of its time. It gave me strong... Oh, absolutely. Power Rangers, like, that sort of, like, lighting vibe. Like, it was lit for the mid-90s, and... It really was. And you could tell it was trying to be a pilot for a TV show that wasn't picked up. They really tried with some of the characters. Some of the characters they did not. Um... They were just always in the background and like got introduced and might have done a thing or two, but then they were they never left the background. There was no like developmental moment. dive for the oh yeah, and no moment for that person. Yeah, like Banshee showed up a couple times and did a scream. He did a scream maybe a total of twice. Yeah, Emma Frost. Gotta get it, Emma Emma Frost. Shout out to the X Wife podcast. <laughs> Did we just look at each other and spontaneously start singing the Emma Frost song? Yeah. Yes. Alicia, yes. what a gift you are for creating that song. Yes, we did. Um, so, the combination of this terrible fruit wine and watching this movie on YouTube, it's free. I mean, they are not, it is not officially released, but it is for free, and there's no copyright notice for the past two years since it was posted, so no Go one's, for it. yeah, no one's really seeking to claim this. Feel free to watch it, or if you have watched it, let us know your thoughts, because I feel I would have felt a different way if I had seen this when I was growing up. I think that's I think, where a lot of the nostalgia for it is coming from, because yeah. watching it now, I just saw bad wigs, um, shiny outfits. Um, like, perhaps a, um, Finalia? Finalia? Yes. For walking in those ridiculous Emma Frost boots, shoes, up to her thighs yeah. situation. It was intense. It really was. And I only know the bad guy from Eureka, where he's like the animal control dude. So like, he, he was also a whole vibe. It was 90s, like, brightly colored baggy suit, and dream world things. It was, there was a lot happening. Yeah, it... At one point we were like, we're an hour into this? What? Yeah, like, we paused it to open up a second bottle of recommended fruit wine, and, um, it, alcohol did not help this movie. No. All right, so what about this issue? So, it's issue two. We're getting into it. Okay. Yeah, so, um, last time on X Factor, which, I love these pages, you just caught on to them while reading some this weekend. Uh, but how they are recapping everything, and they're... They're snarky. I they're love it. They're snarky. So uh, we are caught up to speed. Yep, Richter is still plummeting. Um, that's where we left him. We know that the assassination is due to something called... Singularity sing Investigations. Singularity Investigations. And Layla Miller sort of inserted herself into X-Factor. Points for use of the word blithely. Yeah. And, um, so why don't we pick up there? Yeah. So we get Richter falling off the building in that, like, little recap page with the title. But do we start with Richter? No. No, we do not. We start with this mob outside, and Strong Guy, and Layla, and Siren, and... 
Layla's dropping all this knowledge. Like, you cannot go and confront Singularity head-on mm. to Siren, who wants to, like, bust some stuff up because they killed her contact and the assassin killed herself rather than reveal anything. And Layla starts filing. I also enjoy all the references to her Layla filing. Um... But she's got this, like, the whole knowledge of what's coming up. So she's like, you want to answer the door and help this woman with her sister. She's very worried. And, and the did woman you notice watched... the door? It's not... It's not the plate glass. No, it's not the fancy scent. We reverted to a piece of printer paper. And XXX investigations. Yeah, or investigators. They... Oh, they are only there to investigate porn. <laughs> is what is happening here. So. so the door is answered, and it's a woman looking for help. She's concerned about her sister. And that gives Siren a moment of pause. She's like, going back to the, who are you again? Why are you here? And then when the woman walks in the door, she's like, I'm Layla Miller. I know stuff. She Which knows stuff? is fun. It's a running gag. And I feel we the, should get shirts made that just say I know stuff. Yeah. With Layla Miller underneath, like a little quote, like dash Layla Miller. Yes. Um, so I love me a good running gag. Like it's partly why I love Star Trek Deep Space Nine so much because mm-hmm. Morn, Captain yeah. Bodet, and his transparent skull that you never meet, but it's always referenced. And her going back to her line of "I'm Layla Miller. I know stuff." Like in this. Oh, what's the word? When you have to be patient, but you really don't want to be patient, explanation of, here I am. Mm. And then we crash into the title of this issue, which is Star Power. Long-suffering is the word I was looking for. And so Richter is in the A of Star Power, where he belongs because I also love me some Richter. Oh, and Rain is trying to get through the police cordon to get there she's like let me save him i can do this i need to get through and but uh, i was confused because madrox's narration boxes as one does in a film noir were overlaid i'm like did they just light his head jamie's head oddly yeah his hair isn't as brown but it's rain and it's red hair so Mm -hmm. the following page makes so much more sense because you get madrox's reaction to his dupe pushing Richter off the building. And he's like, how could I miscalculate so badly? As, like, those little lines of surprise are coming out of his head. And his dupe behind him is the same surprised. Yes. You would say their expression is, in fact, duplicated. Mm -hmm. Har har. Rain turns into her wolf form to break through the police line, and she's about to save Richter, and he is grabbed from above. And who do we see for the first time? Monet! There we go. Well, I also wanted to bring attention to the fact that Rain just ran into the building, but you were segueing right into M. Oh, she does give an oof. Yes. Um, Monet, looking fantastic. She has a nice cape. She does have a nice cape. She's got those long, um... Fingerless gloves. Yeah. I was going to say gloves, but then I saw her fingers, and they're not sleeves, because they're not connected. They're fingerless gloves. Yeah. And... Very color-coordinated. They're like bike-warming gloves when you want to ride your bike when it's cold outside. Oh. Or when you play gay kickball when it's cold outside, you wear your biking arm warmers. Mm. But yeah. And Monet 
what's the the phrase vivacious and high spirited yeah, yes. <laughs> when otherwise you <laughs> i would be like what a bitch <laughs> <laughs> she is throwing shade as she's saving richter over to rain and saying that love what you've done with the fur new flea treatment like very archly yes and rain is just like literally growling yes <laughs> at monet oh so the dupe is running away and who does he find? Madrox Prime. And Madrox Prime is like, how could you do that, you dick? <laughs> and it's sort of like an evil twin situation. Like, at first the dude tries to be glib, but then he's got, like, that scowl of evilness. Yeah. Trade, copy mark, copyright, <laughs> trademark, whatever. And... He's giving this really grim, like, he identifies himself as the part of Jamie that he cannot trust. And, okay, you can reabsorb me, but I'm still going to be here, and you'll never know when it's me that you cannot trust. Which is such a thing. It sounds like dupes are much more finite. Like, like, one like here is a self-contained aspect, and yeah. at any moment, the self-contained aspect can pop out, regardless of what Madbox Prime is thinking. Like, mm. you know how in Inside Out, the emotions are like, here are my memories, and then at the end, they're like, oh, these marbles, they're multicolored because we're all contributing to these memories, mm. and like, it's a mix, and it's a nuance, and you don't get that... Your situation as much, and so for Madrox's dupes, I always feel like it's a whole, it's a fresh swirl of colors and personalities and thoughts each time he makes one, and it would be impossible to recreate a specific dupe. Mm. They're like snowflakes, all but, different, but not in the politics definition of snowflake. No. That's just really annoying. And he reabsorbs this part and. Someone comes around in the alley and asks, are you still a mutant? And Madrox is like, obviously you. Not anymore. God loves me. And Madrox is like, good, then ask him what I did to piss him off, would ya? Well, yeah. And so just... there are people who were mutants who think it's a relief to yes. not be a mutant anymore. When we get the sort of background context of what's happening happening in Mutant Town after Decimation, the mutant or slash former mutant community is split because a lot of them who lost their powers want them back, and then others were relieved, and so there's not a consensus. Yeah, so like Richter wants his powers back. He's very depressed that they're gone, and this person in comparison is, I am so glad that I am not a mutant anymore. Yeah. And I wonder what that means in... Uh, Krakoa. Like, are there still folks out there? I don't really know. Are oh. there still people who never got their powers back who can then be resurrected because of all the shenanigans happening now where Wanda got went back and got all of their files, I mean, basically? I mean, I still have thoughts and feelings about that. I don't really like it. And it's like, would you be bringing these people back against their own will? Right. Yeah. Because it's how they're supposed to... I don't know. Yeah. But one of the final things that this dupe interaction, as it's being 
absorbed is when Madrox Prime says, um, in response to you're not the boss of me, and Prime says, yeah, well, if not me, then who? And as the dupe's final words are, well, that's the question now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's part of this, it builds on the Madrox miniseries of you don't know who what you really are, Madrox. Yeah. Like, there's more to him than he realizes. Maybe in multiple ways, which would be a fun, a fun journey for us to go <laughs> on with him. So here we are back in Mutant Town. There's still the protest outside, but within the office, um, this woman is sort of going off about why she's so concerned about her sister. And... Like, her behavior has changed. So therefore, it must be an evil telepathic mutant. Yes. Can't be anything else. Absolutely not. And, um, Siren's very skeptical. She's She's trying to give her a talk, like, look, you know... It's a big leap to go straight to evil telepathic mastermind for just your sister, who's a cleaning lady. Yeah. Not, like, a world leader, or a banker, or, like... Yeah. They wouldn't bother with the help, basically. Yeah. And they're about to turn down this case, and Layla Miller's like, you wanted to get after Singularity, didn't you? Well... This is how. This is your in. Yep, this is where it starts, so you better take this job. Because she knows stuff. Yeah. John Guy (laughs) is sort of on board, but he's still very confused. And she's like, you get it. And he's like, if it's a headache, then yes. (laughs) That's where I'm at. Um, and, but Siren takes the carrot. She is all about going after Singularity. And in the next panel, it looks like she did. She is going through a window. She's trapped in this null field. And people shoot her. Yeah. And we find out that that was just what was supposed, what would otherwise have happened. Yes. Had she not gone for a frontal assault. And been talked out of it by Layla Miller. Mm-hmm. So we get some evil evil plotting. There's shadows. There's a... There's a wizard with a dragon on his lapel. With uh, a beard. Which is how you know he's magic. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it, apparently he has some time abilities as well. Where he's like, ah, the decimation is a period of great temporal confusion. He's trying to play it off as, oh, I wasn't wrong about this, actually. It it just went a different way. You can't fault me because no one could know what's happening with this temporal confusion thing. Yeah. Like, saving face, for sure. And we find out there's this evil Mr. Trip behind Singularity. And the evil wizard... I thought I had a fun moment of grammatical confusion since the mutant population was reduced by 90%, but decimate means to reduce by 10%. <laughs> so I'm glad someone... Yes, the, it was actually confronted in a clever and fun manner. Yes. Like, decimation, that... Marvel Comics chose this word without really thinking about it. Yes. And it's, but also how the definition has changed, like, yeah. literally. Yeah, they changed it in the dictionary. Yeah. So. Yes. Um, Mr. Tripp seems very interested in what happens with Madrox. 
he's important to the scheme of something. And then they end up in this sort of temporal paradox situation, like, what do we fiddle with? And if we do fiddle with it, does that go counteractive to our goals or do we let it ride and take the chance that this other person is going to be counterproductive to our goals? Like, do you do it? Do you not do it? In doing it, do you mess yourself up later down the line? So. And the wizard disappears. Yes. It is a very, like, um, in Voyager, there's that throwaway line where Janeway's like, I hate time paradoxes. Mm -hmm. I did not do well in that course at the Academy. Eh. With the closing line for this scene from Trip being, why does being evil need to be this much work? I mean, he's the one that committed to that very pointy goatee. Mm. That upkeep is on him. Yes. So, we get Richter riding a motorcycle, and he's talking to... I don't know. And it's funny because in the letters on issue three, they hearken back to this moment and they're like, we get that it's supposed to be M, but it looks like Siren because oh. of the red hair and the green cape instead of And the white hair. skin. Yeah. Like be- all three of those colors, hair, skin, cape, outfit, are none of them are correct. Yeah. So it, this is M sort of drifting alongside him. As he's riding his motorcycle. Yes. So she tries to get him on board and he's like, no, later Monet. But guess who's there? It's Layla Miller. Because she knows stuff. And she's like, here's a coupon for gasoline. (laughs) (laughs) Which I mean, I'll take a coupon for gasoline right now. It's a a 20% off. I, I need that in my commuting life. But seriously, so two years after this, when we're graduating from college, gas prices hit over $4. And when you adjust for inflation, it was more expensive then mm. than it is now, which I didn't appreciate since I didn't have my own car then. Yeah. And now I do. So uh, he's going to go off to fill up his gas tank. And I, I love this exchange. Monday is like, who are you? Poor Layla Miller is like... Layla Miller, I know stuff. And Monet is like, how special for you? <laughs> because that is who she is. Yeah. We cut to uh, a the knock hotel. on the door. Yes. And there's this movie star, and there is the sister, the cleaning lady. And they start to have a whole affair. But there, there's she... some role playing. This is role playing. Is it? Or is it... I don't know. Maybe she's doing her job and then she's being somehow mind-controlled into playing along and going straight into... um, I see we're getting right down to it, this visit. Yeah. As she's, like, striking a sexy pose and pulling her dress up over her head. Yes. And Siren is outside with a mini-cam recording it. And saying mind control, not likely, as she's giggling to herself. Yeah, the images are fun because you still have, like, um, there's the the panel with uh, the woman taking her dress off and then her hip and underwear line and mm-hmm. the window in the background. And then it zooms in on the window still with, like, that corner of the woman's hip. Mm-hmm. And you can see Siren holding the little camera. 
So Richter's at the filling station. Ma'am. It is self-serve. It oh. is not a full service station. But I was left to believe something by XXX investigators. <laughs> so there, he's just there minding his own business. There's they, a developing domestic dispute. Yeah. Beca- hey. Because this guy is like, how dare you break up with me? Um, it's it's sort of manifesting from this. One person misses their mutantness, and one person is glad that they're no longer mutants, which is destroying this relationship. But this guy is like off the deep end, and probably too true to life for him mm. a lot. And he's like, we're breaking up on my terms, and he's got a gun. Um, but Richter has a gas nozzle. Yes, he does. <laughs> it's very... Zoolander? Yeah, it's Zoolander. Like, he's getting in a gas fight right now. He sprays the potential murderer, and as soon as the gun clicks, he combusts. And Richter rides away with a girl. Yeah, it was very strange. <laughs> Stealing your girl and your life. Question that I had with these issues, because I read two and three in short succession. Mm-hmm. Is Richter out at this point? He is, isn't he? No. Oh. Maybe we'll fact check that before the next episode. We should we'll, fact we'll check come, that. We'll come back, dear listeners, with the answer to that question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like coming out dates are important to know. So... Uh, we're back in the offices, which is still lit very noir. There is one desk lamp, and there's light coming in through blinds. Yes. They cannot have any... It's, it's a rule. You can't have any other window treatments except for blinds if you're a detective office. Mm-hmm. They're giving the pictures to their client, saying... Here's what's happening. Yeah. Mind control is unlikely. It's probably just a basic affair. Mm-hmm. And Monet. I don't mean to sound unsympathetic... Not that I am sympathetic, because I'm not, but the point is, like... <laughs> she wouldn't be the first girl to give it up for an A-list movie star. God knows how long they've been carrying on. And she's just, like, sitting there reading a book. Like, she does not give a flying fuck about this investigation. She is just like, oh, I guess I'm in, here. She's not invested in preserving anyone's feelings or anything like that. No. She's just like, here's the... hard truth and i can't care because this dump doesn't have ac like get central air and maybe we'll talk (laughs) about me being a nicer person which i can i get that because i don't like heat either and i get super crabby in it so well and you had that whole heat exhaustion thing yeah so the client she's leaving as she passes um, Jamie in the hallway, and he's trying to hit on her, and she's not having it. No, her thought, text, her dialogue bubble is just dot dot dot, and I sort of added in the icicles onto the text box, <laughs> like we had in the miniseries. Um, so he gets back in, and of course Jamie sits at the desk, and he's got, like, the blind shadows going across his face. Um. And Emma's is confronting him. About what, you know, Richter said you pushed him off. And he tried, Jamie is trying to pass it off like it's complicated, like it's fine, but it's complicated, so we don't need to keep talking about this. But they really do, because guess who's at the door? <laughs> Richter rolls and he's like, all right, well, uh, 
let's try to uncomplicate it. Like, how about you try explaining this to me? Yeah. Time passes. Yes. And we get Jamie eating alone, dealing with the fallout from the conversation where people don't actually trust him because... (laughs) Yeah. If there is, like, a set dupe that might pop out that might be super unpredictable and fuck them all over, Mm -hmm. can you trust what his power set does now? And who pops into the doorway? It's Layla Miller, because she knows stuff, and (laughs) that is indeed a thing in her text. And he's like, or she said, the phone's about to ring, you're going to want to take it. But whose picture is on the wall? It's Professor X. (laughs) Is he hanging up there as if he's the Pope or the President? Yeah, like, people in the 60s had a picture of JFK, um, or people now... Or the, yeah, the Catholic schools always have a... Jesus. The Pope... Oh, a framed picture of the Pope. What about Jesus? Is oh. he represented too? Oh, he's everywhere. It's fine. It, it, he, I guess he... Is he here right There's now? There's always a crucifix. Is he here right now? I mean, there are some old family crosses in the boxes over there. But like, is he watching us right now? <laughs> no, because I put the picture of creepy Jesus back by the furnace. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> Hashtag things that get passed down from like the 30s in your Mm. family and it's just like i have fun things that i got passed down like i have really fun letters and stuff i mean and you have some fun letters but then you balance it out with like the catholicism guilt thing mm. but i there's all those um candles and stuff from the like when i first opened the drawer and found all these like blessed candles and stuff i'm like oh did i descend from demon hunters like that that? would have been so cool right and it's the uh, truth is much more boring. Anyway. Uh, maybe maybe uh, instead of us having a picture of Charles Xavier on the wall, we should commission some art of Layla Miller. Because she knows stuff. Like, she's always looking over. I mean, I feel like we would otherwise have a, one of queer mutants, and that would be who we honor on the wall. Yeah. We'll see. Once cons start back up and everything. Yeah. And yeah. when we feel comfortable going in crowds again. Yeah. Um, anyway. So the phone is ringing. She's like, I'll be filing. <laughs> Which is also a running gag, and I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, and as someone who really likes filing, I'm here for it. Yes. And the caller is the client. Gloria Santiago. Gloria. Gloria. That, so when you go to a gay bar and they have the music videos playing, there's she always comes up yeah. at, the, at the saloon in Minneapolis. Gloria! And Gloria. Show Tune Sundays. Madrix, I had your number! Number! <laughs> so she's calling. And the actor is just wrapped in a sheet in the background. And, and she's like, oh, I need some help. Because, because uh, I think uh, something just happened and um the smoldering body of her sister is laying on the bed yeah, in the and, background and there's a policeman half in shadow with handcuffs saying you're under arrest for the murder of your sister rachel and that's where we leave off and then it's to be continued yeah so it's another like strong cliffhanger ending to an issue which is doing its job it is keeping me invested yeah. in what's happening and we get our first real letters page here. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that they include the letters page in the um, electronic version of the trade paperbacks I'm reading on my tablet. You're reading the stuff from Marvel Unlimited. It's included in both. 
And a lot of the time for older comics, they cut out stuff like this. And I wish they wouldn't. It's, it's a lot fun. Of, it's a lot of fun to read what people are thinking as we're going through this and probably having some of the same thoughts. And Peter David's like, I am flabbergasted that people like Maddox and like X-Factor so much. Like, we weren't anticipating it being so popular, and the fact that X-Factor exists now is because people love the Maddox miniseries so much. Yeah. And, and th- there's that- some shade, like... It's not as if fans have been demanding a film noir detective take on a C-level mutant character like Jamie Madrox. And I, I, I mean, he's no Jean Grey. Yeah, and this is something I was thinking about. I just guested Solo on an episode of Grey Malkin Lane this past week, and it'll come out probably around the same time this episode does. Hi, Chad. Hello, Chad. Um... And uh, there's a creator on, and I didn't get to the question that I had brewing in my mind because you have such a limited amount of time. Right. But it must be so fun to be a creator. And in that interview, he said, you know, you're given a list of who the available characters are when you're creating something and you can pick. Like the characters who are not engaged in big story arcs or are reserved for something coming up, but you just know they can't be touched. Unless you're Wolverine and can be in, like, three things simultaneously. Wolverine is always on that list. Oh. He's always available. Um, but it must be so cool, because Peter David, by this time, had already written so much for Marvel, so he has some cachet. He can go in there and be like, alright, here's the sandbox I want to play in. And he was like, I want to take multiple, man. I'm going to create something. And that must be such a cool feeling to be able to go into that meeting and be able to choose the toys off the shelf that yeah. you want to play with and say, all right, I'm going to, I have this idea. It's a little bonkers, but I'm going to take Strong Guy and Rain and Jamie Madrox. They're all going to get together. It's a detective agency. <laughs> it is film noir. <laughs> and um, I think in future episodes, I'm going to try to look up some of the articles and things that were coming ar- out around this time, as we're going through the publishing history to see what's been revealed, I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that meeting where they're like, well, Why I, do uh, I... Peter, sure, like, you're, you've proven yourself, give it a crack. Like, they gave him the opportunity to create his own sandbox to play in based off of his own success, but it was a risk. Like, he says... You it, that you, you... No one anticipated it being popular. Like, you just yeah. can't anticipate... Like, I wrote this five-issue miniseries about Mad Rocks, and it was part of that Marvel Knights limited run where, you know, it's sort of the, the lab where they tried things out, and it worked. Yeah. Um, fans don't really know what they want until it's given to them, and it worked. Yeah. So, if Jamie Mad Rocks is a C-level mutant character, <laughs> I know, Gambit, your favorite, it would be an A-lister. He, well, are we talking about currently? Probably. I was going to ask. Because right now, Madrox is back to, like, sea level. Yes. But he did, he and Strong Guy have actually been in some of the Infinity comics recently. Yes, when a dupe, dupes were being eaten by sharks and Strong Guy was just sort of left in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And... Which, they're trying to do something with them. Which I appreciate. Like, they're... There's a, like, smattering. But yeah, that, that's, they're like, we need to do something with these characters. That's more than Gambit's gotten recently. And Gambit well, he's in had, Excalibur. 
he's an Excalibur. He doesn't do anything. Like he gets a French made outfit with little cat ears. Yes. Um, and he has a miniseries coming out written by Chris Claremont. Oh. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, but like, would, where would Iceman fall? Is he an A-lister or a B-lister? Or is he a B-lister who thinks he's an A-lister? I think he's a B-lister right now. Um, they did utilize him for the whole Mars thing. Yeah, he had a panel to do stuff with the ice caps, and then he fought the dragon. But then he was just like, I'm going to chill out here in the ocean. And is he, now that they're starting the series back up, I'm not even aware of what team he Maybe. Or is he and Christian just going on vacation and for like being... the next series, like the next is he being chunk written of out? history? Yeah, I'm really disappoint disappointed in it. Cena Grace did such wonders with that character. Like we loved the Iceman miniseries. Yeah, I think I got you those for your birthday last year, the year before. I'm gonna say yes because I think it was the year before. Yeah, like I, I, and by that time, like they were out of print already, and yeah. I had to track them down. Um... But Cena Grace did such good work with Bobby, and it did so much for visibility, as did Leah Williams' X Factor that ended as well. Yeah. So much for queer representation, and then, well. Yeah. Um, so I say Bobby right now is B-level, um, maybe even B-minus. Like, oh, they're no. not They're not utilizing... If you think about the whole roster of mutants available mm -hmm. and the ones that are actually getting prominent stories it's a handful it is a very select handful that are getting even some sort of development yeah that's true and i i think partly why we both liked x factor so much is because those characters did get a bunch of development and it was like for the whole team it was north star and iboy and Prodigy. I had no clue who iBoy was until I read that. And I was like, I, this character is written so well that and I fun. want... fun. Yes. Like, there's hidden depths, and I love it when we get to see hidden depths. Because I started reading it, and I'm like, iBoy, what's his power? And I looked at him, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, he's literally just a bunch of eyes. But then you figure out what he can do with them and the different abilities for him to see. And how it fits into a detective agency, which is what they make X-Factor. And, like, the premise of X-Factor in Krakoa made sense. Like, if you're going to have these resurrection protocols, you need to know that the person died in the first place. True. So. Okay, back to your question. Back to my question. Yeah, other so movies. So, other, other favorites of yours also include Hercules. Oh. Where, where does he rate on... Is he in... Oh, he, they... A, B, C... Oh, he is, like... Below. He... He was in the most recent run of Guardians. Yes, which With then, a lot of queer representation, which they also ended. Precipitously. So, and it was a surprise. I did not hear rumblings. I just read that last issue, and it was basically, like, the last page is like, thanks for reading, and I was like, what the holy fuck is this? This is... So, Yeah. Um, other mutants that you think... Well, you didn't, where is Hercules a B or an A list? Well, for me, he's A list, but in where he is writing-wise, and just like Bobby Drake is one of my favorites, he'd be A level, but he, where they take these characters right now, I don't know. And they put away characters for years at a time, and bring them back out, and there's not a whole lot of 
caretaking, I feel. Leah Williams is one of the exceptions, I feel. She did her homework in terms of X Factor and the character. She understood who she was writing. Yes. And um, sometimes Hercules was not written the best in Guardians. Um, I don't think he was drawn the best. He had really good, strong arcs about five, six years ago in the comics. Um, coming out of the Civil War II event, or mingling in right around that time. Civil War II was such a terrible crossover, but Hercules was in his own solo title and had things going on. Hmm. Um, that was really a fun period to read. They also had Howard the Duck. Oh. In a really fun series to read. Um, so that's why I like X-Factor. I'm getting mm. back to, like, fun reading and not feeling like I'm obligated to read. Reading Monet's introduction here, I feel like she's going to be... Yeah. Like, if she's if she does become on the new X-Men team, yeah. I, if it's revealed at the gala... Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's such a... Where she feels she belongs. Yes. Based on this now, like, introduction of her and where she thinks she's at in the social pecking order. Monet, lift us up where we belong. Although, it's not so much where she thinks she is, where she knows she is. Like, she knows she's an A-plus lister. Yes, and reading Monet throughout this series to where I finally came to a stop a ways from now led me to want to read Generation X. Oh. Where she really first came to prominence in the 90s. And I liked her in X-Corp. And this makes me like her in X-Corp more. Okay. R.I.P. X-Corp. Uh-huh. Well, it was, X-Corp was planned to just be five, ser- five issues. Oh, It was okay. always planned to be a miniseries to give background to the mutant business. Oh, gotcha. Um, there's one more letter that we want to talk about here. And someone wrote in criticizing a shirt that Guido was wearing. It was political in nature. Yep. And, and he's like, I don't want politics in my comics. Which like, is fucking hilarious. Like, if you're like, I don't want <laughs> politics here. In the X-Men. <laughs> it's similar to, like, how people are like, there are too many politics in Star Trek. Like, the same story. There have always been politics in Star Trek. There have always been politics in the x-men yes and it's staggering to hear when you're just like did you just miss the entire point of this entire series that you say that you love so much mm-hmm. and in the response he's like oh well the artist is doing that way and it's fine like it wasn't an act conscious decision to give him this shirt like as like a he... script person who yeah. did the storyline um but he also pushes back, like, you can't make all these characters so agnostic on all these different levels. Like, you can't take away Rain's religion just because right. an atheist is writing in and saying, I don't like that. Because that is a part of her character. Right. So, what, reading this, a part of Guido's character is he doesn't like Republicans. So, um, that's... Voicing. <laughs> preach. Um, so... It's just a part of him, and I think that Peter David really refuted it very well in a very short paragraph. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. We're not going to second-guess ourselves. 
Yeah. And uh, you know what? Letters are going to come in, and uh, people are going to have their own thoughts. That's great for them. Yep. So, I think that sets up sort of a tone for the series, that it's going to be unapologetic with what it does. Yeah. Which is reassuring. Like, you know it's not bending to a current editorial dictate or, or what's a few PC. squeaky wheels. Yeah. Getting the grease, as it were. Yep. So, looking up, so we get a preview of the next cover. And it's Rain and Strong Guy. It's Rain and Strong Guy in the midst of a mob. In a fracas? Yes. A brawl. Yeah. It's, it's bigger than a kerfluffle. <laughs> So uh, that's what we have to look forward to. Um, any other takeaways from this issue? I'm going to sound very inarticulate and just say, oh, it's so good. Yeah. It draws you in. It's well It's well done. Yeah. And I think we have similar reading styles sometimes where it's like, oh, I need to read that issue. But it's really easy to push off and say, yes. oh, <laughs> you know, like, I know we're recording this weekend. I have to read the issue beforehand. And um, we felt that way when we were recording our first season when it came to TV shows. We were like, oh, shit, we have to watch the next episode of Boba Fett. But here, it's almost like you're saving it because you want to savor it. That, oh, the next issue of X Factor is coming up. Oh, I'm going to wait until I can, you know, get my coffee. It's a relaxed morning. And I can dig into it and actually enjoy it. Rather than uh, what I did in the past week was... I read it on my lunch break at work. Like, I broke out the tablet, and I was, like, shoving food in my mouth while reading the issue. And I wanted to be more... It's a, like a push and pull. Like, I want it to be fresh in my mind so I don't forget anything. Mm-hmm. And But I also want to give it enough thought to cook. Yeah. To have... In grad school, we, we called it having uncooked thoughts. Oh. When you know what you feel and you want to say, you just aren't feeling like you're saying it well. Mm. Um... But there's so many, like, fun little things, I don't want to forget it. So I feel like at some point I'm going to have, like, a notepad with me to take notes on what's happening, what I like. Maybe I should start a count of how many times Layla Miller says, I'm Layla Miller, I know stuff. That'd be fun. All right, so um, we're wrapping this up. People, let us know what you thought as we are getting into this storyline. Yeah. What do you think of Cliffhanger's? Like this, like each comic book really sort of tries to end a cliffhanger to make you buy that next issue, but this is blatant. It is, I just shot someone, I think, maybe, I don't know, but I'm getting arrested for it. Yes. So it's it's a hard cliffhanger. And what do you think of a situation with Jamie Madrox where one of his dupes might be wanting to betray everyone instead mm-hmm. of like doing the task that he the dupe is created for like how would you react if you were on a team with that yeah do you think jamie would be able to keep it under control or no yeah i'm very curious about how they do the dupe creation mm, yeah is it is it really a set is set it, of dupes yeah. or is it a different melange of colors and thoughts and feelings that pop out based on whatever it is that Madrox Prime is thinking and feeling. Yeah, well, I... We want to know what I, you think. I think we're gonna... We want those thoughts, and I think we're gonna find out later, too. Oh, A good. bit more about dupes. So, until next time... Take to- care.
And tune in and follow us on Instagram. We are at X Factor Files Podcast. Um, join in the fun, and we will catch you next time. 